Hey everyone, welcome back. It is Transurfing session number five. And if you're doing the math, you realize I'm behind. You are not wrong. <laughs> There's 78 principles and we're on like, what, number 12? Um, that will sort. I'm confident that it will. Confidence is the word of the day for this podcast. So we're going to be trusting and leaning into that and it'll get done. <laughs> it's not going to all get done today, but we'll get a bigger chunk done today because I am doing more steps today, doing less review and more steps because I trust that you're following along and, and doing your own work with these principles. I find today's installment to be very inspirational when I prep for this, you know, it's it's always kind of a, a beautiful joy twice because I prep for the material and then, you know, I get in front of the mic and it and it takes another form yet again. And so I get to sort of experience that creation process twice and it it always leaves me larger than I was before. And that's what I seek to do here in this space with you all. It's what I offer and humbly so. And it's interesting because that whole perspective of I've kind of been slower starting with, you know, just not like ticking off, okay, 78 principles divided by eight, you know, like I didn't do that. And there's a reason for that. Although I always discover the reason looking backward, you know, into the into the past, if you will. And I know my own readiness is part of this. So I am, as I've mentioned, doing this work right along with you, absolutely putting this to the test in quote unquote real time, although we know it's not really real time, right? But anyway, that said, you know what I mean in our waking dailiness, let's, let's call it that. Um, but I think there's a, a certain amount of readiness before I teach it. So I've read the book. I've read the the larger book and and the steps book and I continue to work with the material but then teaching it is another thing and I think my own life is teaching me and then I do more steps on the podcast. So I guess it was somewhat bold that I said that this is going to get done in, in eight sessions because what do I know? But that is my goal to get through the 78 principles. Not that we're going to stop and leave it there, but just by way of an immersion in this material. So I hope you're doing well. We are in the hunger moon, the first lunar cycle of 2023 in full you know, one that doesn't straddle December into January. So the moon is waxing now, and I just love its light. I've always been a moon watcher, you know that. But if I get up in the middle of the night to, you know, check on something or what have you, I just love so much the the North Carolina sky I see at night because there's often a lot of fog with it. And with the moonlight and the fog in the middle of the night, 
it's just this wondrous little dip into the mystery and I sleep better somehow seeing that, you know, and I just, it's my church. Let's just say that it's my church and it feels so nourishing. So wherever you are, whatever corner of the world you find yourself in, I hope you're getting to enjoy the moon and its light. And as usual, as synchronicity would have it, my poem about the new hunger moon is really a great lead-in to what we're talking about today. And again, there's no way I could have known that because as you know, I don't even know what steps I'm doing till I'm doing them. So I love that. We got to trust that there's a greater hand guiding this podcast. So here's what I wrote about the, the new moon of the hunger moon. They called it the hunger moon, the Algonquin of long ago, tracking the season of scarcity with this thin and lonesome name. Acknowledge this. Honor the cycle of the lean. It is necessary to the plenty. But we tend not to trust this, the lean time. We worry we got it wrong. Again, we believe the inner voices. I'm alone. My talent is meager. Success happens to outgoing people. Money is not spiritual. We believe these voices until we actually stop and watch the flesh tear. Tracing it back to the original damning. It's brave to say, this is happening. Quiet the racing heart. Hear the breath. For there will be times of lean. But the lessons that pace alongside these moments are oddly tender. What matters is tapping the unexpected warm spring close to the heart. What matters is creating space within the resources we have. What matters is courting the bone trust, not just the fleshy ways of ease. What matters is meeting the mystery with an invocation of courage that cries and stumbles, but rises again, tear-stained cheeks meeting the cold and bite in expectant silence. For this life is too beautiful in its shards of cold, cold light to look away any longer. Collect the twigs that feed the humble fires. The lean times reveal hunger is a mighty teacher. That pretty much sums up what we're heading into today. Because as you work with this material, this perspective of transurfing, of seeing the external world in a completely new way so as to empower your authentic self to rise and step forward in your consciousness more and more. The authentic self is always there, but we're rewiring how we think. I can't emphasize that enough. It's the discipline of the mind and training the imagination to perceive properly what is already there. This is not about having to even create something or go get it. It's there. It's there right now. But we're reworking how we see. And I finally get that. And these transurfing principles are the skill set that you use when things are rolling 
in your day-to-day life. You know, of course, it's always awesome and everything makes sense when you're in meditation or, you know, having a nice quiet moment to yourself and nobody's challenging you and there aren't any pendulums swinging around. But then we get to test our skill set and go to the next dojo, as I like to say, and they increasingly get more and more challenging. But if we're doing this properly, we're increasingly getting more playful and more joyful as the stakes increase. That is the way of things I'm discovering, is that if you want to advance in this work, relax more. If you want to advance in this work and be living your dream of dreams in waking time, invite more joy. Allow it to come in. It's there. Again, we've we've had this conversation before, but joy is. It just is. It's it's linked to the authenticity of us. Happiness is based on something external. Joy is. So welcome joy. Welcome relaxation. Welcome trust. And today, the principles that we're going to be touching on and and looking at and reviewing are really about that tension between the heart and the head, about the old way and the new way, from a CG Jungian perspective, between the ego and the self. And I marvel at the parallel tracks of this work with CG Jung's work to a point I humbly and and very respectfully feel like this work goes beyond it. And maybe Jung is saying it in some of his um, late life texts that I just haven't comprehended yet because that material is so dense and sort of ethereal and mystical itself. So maybe he is indeed saying these things too. And I'm just, you know, coming to know that. But what I find so fascinating is there is this tension between the heart and the head, the ego and the self. And of course, the self with a capital S would be linked to the heart. And we're not talking about a Pollyanna version of the heart. We're talking about a guidance system that surpasses the rational mind that likes to focus only on the external. Okay, so that is really important. And the heart is all about what brings us to our talents and our joys and our dreams. And it's not just this airy-fairy thing. It is a fierce heart at times. It's demanding at times only because it wants more for us than we tend to want for ourselves or think is possible. And so then we have the mind, which is wildly unruly, (laughs) if I can throw my experience in there, uh, wildly unruly until we start to train it. And, and it's really linked to the ego. Now we need the mind. We need it. And we need the ego. These are not adversarial positions to take, but they must be looked at with discernment and, and seen properly and trained properly. And we have to get wise to ourselves and to our own minds so that 
The mind is serving the heart. The ego is serving the self. But those two duke it out. And Jung talks about that. And in fact, many could argue that that is what his book of Job, Answer to Job, is about, is about the ego and the self, God and Job, the heart and the head, duking it out. And and they need each other and they're reinventing each other through this process. And it's alchemical. It's miraculous. And the ego pushes back and says things like, hey, I've got to pay rent. How do I just follow my bliss? And then the heart pushes back and says, if you don't follow your bliss, you'll die before you die, etc., etc. I don't have to tell you this. You're listening to this podcast because all of this is of your moment, too. But those two energies duke it out. And what we have to remember or let me say it this way, what helps me to remember is that we need the ego. It must surrender to the self. It must surrender to the heart and to the heart's quantum leading, its multidimensional leading, its miraculous leading, etc. But the strengthening of the ego also also holds a really important part in this process. And what I mean by that is not strengthening from the old world view, the old positions, but what we're going to talk about today is the ego bowing enough to get on board with this process and saying, from now on, I'm going to make a decision to calm the hell down. That is a participatory aspect of the mind where it's really, really getting into a harmony, not just an adversarial position with the self and with the heart. And I think that's really exciting because it's the proper use of mind. It's, it's indeed the proper use of mind. And it's this incredible gift we have to communicate with the unconscious, with the multiverse, with God, however you want to say that. And what I find so interesting as well is that we have to be, as humans having a story on one level, of course, we're much more than that, but to the extent that we're going in a day-to-day on the earth plane in a certain country, we find ourselves in a certain family, in in certain situations in which we find ourselves in bodies, in roles, etc., That egoic container must be strong enough for when the dreams hit the mirror. (laughs) And what I mean by that is you have to be grounded enough, humble enough, loving enough, gritty enough that when all that light hits the mirror because you've accessed that light within you, that you don't just sort of fly off, you know? And and that's, I think, what happens, for example, and I've mentioned this in the past, like with the 27 Club, with these incredible performers who had too much light, too much of the ecstatic God experience too soon before sort of the structural component of them could hold it. And there's, you know, example after example of people dying 
in the in the music industry or the arts industry where you know they die before their time if you will Janis Joplin Jimi Hendrix Jim Morrison Amy Winehouse Kurt Cobain the list goes on so even though this sort of ego self tension is not fun sometimes and you know it's so lovely to have these peak moments and and kind of push the ego work aside on one level it is important to have a strong ego in service to life if i can make that distinction so that's the introduction coming in and i feel like that poem kind of is talking about that we're talking about the hungry times the hunger the hunger moon but it's preparing us for the plenty and it's all in concert so last time the homework was to embrace natural self-talk so natural affirmations and to reduce the importance of things that are coming up in the external world so how did that go for you i definitely have been working with both of those since since we spoke and i've had i've had good luck with those um i feel an immediate relief when i'm like okay this is just blown way out of proportion here you know i'm i'm leaning into something in the external world and putting way too much importance on it when i see that when i come into awareness of that it feels immediately like relief to let that go and and then usually I'm finding then a corresponding inner position that I was holding on to belief about myself, if you will, that I would like to let go. And so I, I have found that enormously fruitful and helpful. And I'm often finding more refined self-talk affirmations that I just fall in love with and, and really enjoy engaging with. So I hope that is your experience as well. Like affirmations in from this perspective, I'm all about those. Um, affirmations 10 years ago when I didn't know what the hell I was doing were not helpful to me. You know, yeah, they're nice words, but now I get it. I think I'm taking responsibility through the use of properly speaking to myself. And I hope this is the case for you that I'm taking responsibility like I never have before for maintaining a really good vibrational affect and frequency for my mood most of the time. And that feels like something for those of us who would like a little control that we can have some control over. Okay, there there you go. Um, but it's, it's, it's more than that because I feel that there's something expanding in me. Again, it's full, it's complete already, but it's expanding into my lived experience or my awareness. And I'm feeling it more. I'm feeling that thing, which we call God, which we call our best self. I'm feeling it more just kind of traveling with me, not just having the mountaintop experience or, or the special moment you know, once a month, but just like, yeah, it's traveling with me. It's more my wingman. Again, in my perception, I'm feeling it more. It is always there. It is me. 
it is you. But my living and feeling it, that has expanded greatly since engaging the Transurfing material. And I hope that you are experiencing that as well. I want to begin right where we left off last time. And that was with the principle of confidence. And I want to read straight from Vadim Zeeland's text here because it's just such a great way into what we're covering today. The battle for self-worth drains your energy. Feelings of guilt can turn a life into the wretched existence of a loser. How do you break out of this tangled maze? You can't. There is no way out. The secret of the maze is that when you stop looking for the way out and let go of the importance of things, the walls of the maze collapse all by themselves. Stop fighting to prove your sense of worth and it will surely be returned to you. Stop justifying yourself to others and you will stop feeling guilty. In the same way, if you reduce the importance you attach to external objects, you will no longer be dominated by their apparent great significance. Finally, perfect coordination is achieved when the heart and mind are in harmony. To achieve this, listen to the dictates of your heart and stay true to your own beliefs. So today is really about that access of heart and mind harmony. That is the sweet spot. Ego self harmony. That is the sweet spot. That is when we have very quick results reflected back in the mirror because we're in touch with who we really are. So this is the work before us today. And I hope you're also experiencing one other thing. And I know I've mentioned this in the past, but I'm just finding so much more laughter in my life. And if you are feeling lighter and as though there's more humor and joy, of course, the joy piece, but actually even laughter and humor, that means you're in alignment. It's just such a relief and it's such an unmistakable state. It, it's such a new state. Of, I've had a good sense of humor my whole life and I enjoy humor, but this is different. This is just like feeling a sustained state of that. Not that everything's funny, but that I just, I feel more childlike, I guess you would say but yet also in touch with this incredible power. And again, there, there's that tension of the lighter the heart, the deeper the power. So this is where we're at today, and I'm so glad you're here. And we're going to dive right in. So number 12, balance. I'm reading straight from the text. When you find yourself in balance and harmony with the world around you, your life runs smoothly and pleasantly. You achieve your goals without any particular effort. Yet when you build walls of excess potential, meaning the importance of things, life becomes a battle with balancing forces. When you are faced with a difficult situation, try and recognize where you have gone over the top what you have become obsessed with, and to what person or thing you might have attributed excessive significance. Define your worth and then let it go. The wall will come tumbling down. 
and the obstacle will remove itself and the problem will be solved of its own accord. Do not try to overcome obstacles. Instead, drop their importance. This is going to be the theme over and over and over again today. When the, when the tension of, of these opposing wills comes into play, we acknowledge the other, we drop the importance, but we are making a decision. This is really the theme I'm finding, is that you're making a decision to calm down. You're making a decision to move into trust. You're making a decision to exercise the greater angels of this practice, the principles that we've done. And you're just like, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. I see this. I see this. I got it. I'm going to work these principles. I'm going to do it. This is who I am. And there's a confidence in those assertions. And what I'm discovering and what I really feel like Vadim Zeeland is saying is actually that confidence, that ability, increasingly so, increasingly so, of you to set things aside and say, this is who I choose to be. That is actually what's bringing the other about, bringing the dream alive, bringing this into our experiential space. So yes, we have a clear vision. Yes, we work these principles. But actually, the inciting principle, I would argue, if I'm understanding this properly, is actually that quiet confidence, that decision, that conscious decision that, yeah, maybe I don't have all the external quote-unquote proof, but I'm declaring something so. That, that is where we want to be. That is exciting to me. And that is part of this. This has its own reward because that feeling cannot be matched by anything that appears in the external space. It's better than that. (laughs) And I love that because that's why we can have those things then because we won't lose ourselves in them because the juice of who we are invoked that experiential reflection. So to summarize this point, not taking life so seriously while at the same time feeling how powerful you are. So this juxtaposition of that. Number 13, the charismatic soul. I want to read you his definition of charm, and this is not going to surprise you. What is the secret of charismatic personalities? They throw the negative slides or images out of their mind and replace them with positive ones. Charm is the result of the mutual love that exists between the heart and mind. A charming personality experiences a feeling of joy in their soul. They enjoy life and bathe in their own love without the slightest hint of narcissism. It is this feeling of joy that other people notice. This is rare. Okay, I love that definition because how often are our heart and our minds in conflict with each other? And again, it's all it's all it's like its own pendulum, isn't it? Conflict. If there's any conflict, it's a pendulum. We can even, you know, this is just coming into my awareness as I'm saying this right now. That's maybe one of the ultimate pendulums and, and maybe the most 
subtle and sly and shadowed pendulums is this conflict between heart and mind. We can let that go by, of course, having it in our awareness and then making the decision, making the deliberate choice to proceed, to proceed with this quiet confidence. Number 14, love yourself. Quote, if you don't love yourself, no one else will. And what's more, you will never be happy. Well, that about sums that up, doesn't it? I I think we have to be that blunt and that clear about it. And, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I noticed that the magazines right at a grocery checkout were always talking about A, how to have a better sex life, B, how to look better, or C, how to get your man, or D, how to get more money. Okay, all of these are aspects of seeking love or some kind of security in some way. So we just have to go straight home on this before any of that can work out. And I marveled as a child, like, well, I guess <laughs> I guess nobody ever figures this out because it's always about a diet. It's always about more money. It's always about a hotter sex life. It's just these same themes over and over and over again. And that was so apparent to me, even as a kid. And I, I'm like, what is up? with that. And, you know, with some chagrin, here I am, you know, 51. But I'm so grateful that like, okay, I get it now. I get it. You go straight for love, self-love. This is not narcissistic in any way. And, And a little practice I've been playing with is when I see a pendulum, and I know it's a pendulum, I'm also playing with the idea a bit of just dropping into really just like appreciating myself right then. Yes, doing something fun and enjoyable, but also adding that element of really appreciating my own wonder, my own magnetic, true, beautiful, solid self and and how she keeps revealing herself to me. And let me add this quote here from this principle from Zealand. This is such a great way to say this. Quote, it is important to feel and understand the following. Pendulums force you to change, to turn away from your heart and follow the rules that state they are better than you. So do what they do. Be like them. Take your place in the matrix. Be nothing more than a cog. In reality, you are unique. Go inside, accept yourself as you really are, and assert the right to be right. Then you will have something of which you can be proud and a reason to respect yourself. Another quote he has in regarding this one, which I love, let others chase after me. Yeah. How often are we leaning in to approval, even in unconscious ways sometimes, and hating ourselves for it, you know, so then it's like a double whammy. Let others chase after me, not only other people, but, you know, successful work scenarios, opportunities, vacations, beautiful experiences. Let that chase after me. I'm good. I'm right. I'm solid. Let that chase after me. Again, 
Vadim Zeeland, another quote on this one, give yourself the luxury of having shortcomings and focus your attention back on your strengths. Let that be there. Okay, this is this is like awareness practice 101, which is why I trust it. It's very harmonious with all these other traditions that we have explored. Let it be there. Don't pretend the negativity or, you know, the conflict isn't there. You just don't focus on it and you reduce its importance and you come back to your strengths. And that also keeps us humble. You're like, yeah, you know, there's doubt here. There's weirdness. There's whatever. There's disorganization, whatever it is. I have a human aspect to me. Okay, great, good. But I'm so much more. And you reassert, again, you're going to hear me say it over and over today, saying it to myself, this quiet confidence. You return to that. Number 15, I am the goal. This is really hearkening back to that I am space that you and I have visited with. Remember when we talk about the three sort of categories of people that I affectionately refer to in terms of growth as human beings, we have the sort of plank on head group where it's a really dense, a dense moment in the human evolution story. Then we have the certified life coach where we get wiser to ourselves, but yet we still really love all of our labels and ideas and books and all the rest of that. And then we're moving into that I am space, that middle space. I I know I, I tease about it, but it's very important. It helps us become good human beings and not narcissists and not assholes and not jerks. You know, so that's important. We learn boundaries there. We learn good psychological health there, if you will. But don't stay stuck there. There's You are so much more than that. And I, I see people that often linger there and they continue to create suffering there because for all of their wonderful principles, they're still thinking they need to heal. So do that space, but do it lightly and As soon as we can start leaning into the I am space, as soon as that is appropriate, that that is really something to celebrate in my estimation. I am my goal. This is like I was saying a minute ago about there's nothing that's going to show up externally in terms of your dreams and goals that will be more wonderful than what you're accessing in terms of your feeling state, which is light and joyful and powerful and full of humor. Nothing is going to be more exciting than that because you are accessing that you are love itself. You are the goal. And the beautiful thing is, is you get to experience yourself blossoming into your own space while the mirror starts reflecting that back to you. You can do that now. That doesn't require any amount of time-space continuum at all. It's now. And this is the very definition of loving yourself. Remember when I talked about my 5-MeO DMT experience, when I was coming back into consciousness the word I was screaming was love. I have no conscious memory of what led up to that. I mean, I know what I was experiencing, 
you know, in that other dimensional space. But what I mean is the the Lori Green, who has all these life stories and experiences this round, did not come up and say, oh yeah, let's call that love. I wasn't even conscious right then. I was in another space entirely. And when I heard myself coming to, if you will, back into our human space, I was screaming love. And that was not planned. That was not because that sounded good. I mean, I woke myself up screaming that. I mean, I can't deny that. And so there's something to this. And and the beautiful, humbling thing is that this is eternal. That reservoir will never run dry. And if we're looking for it externally first, another human being can only be a human being, you know, a, a certain state of health, a, stir, a certain financial vitality, what have you. Those are great. Those are wonderful. But only if they are reflections of this initial primordial relationship that we're touching and that we're touching right now. You are your goal. I am my goal. Number 16, faith. Put the principles into practice and the mind will have to allow for the miraculous. So we just come back to the discipline and your mind is going to kick back and say, yeah, I don't see, I don't see the proof, whatever, whatever. You just return to the practice and this felt space of you gathering in your own midst will have to refute the mind. The mind will have to deal with that because it is dwarfed by it. And it will ultimately have to say, okay, I'm a believer. I I guess we do miracles. Because in the presence of who you are gathering, gathering like a beautiful spring storm in the cleansing and renewal-based sense, you will not be denied. I love this quote. I don't wish, I don't believe, I don't hope. I intend and I know. So once again, that's another way of disciplining ourselves to return to a choice where we move forward in quiet confidence, knowing that the proof will gather Okay, you have to lean into the quiet confidence first. Experiencing the emotion of being confident will reflect confident things. It must precede that. You don't get the proof first. It's just the way it is. And I am I get that now and I accept that. You know, sometimes I want it, but I, I know better now. So here we go. Number 17, feelings of guilt. Stop justifying yourself. Explain yourself only when absolutely necessary. Drop the feeling that you owe something to others. Okay, so once again, we have to trust that we're not going to become narcissists, that that we're going to be good to people. But these old mental patterns keep us in bondage. You've got to be willing to drop this and not even be willing. Just at some point, you just do drop it. I remember Eckhart Tolle saying that when you've had enough suffering 
at some point you stop trying to understand and you just drop things. You're just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just done. I don't care if I can explain, if I have to understand, if I have a PhD on it. I'm just like, I'm just dropping this. And as near and dear as the Jungian perspective and the depth psychological perspective is to me, it's, it's carried me so far, but it's still sort of a member of the space of my certified life coach space. It is and it isn't because I think Jung was increasingly and and gloriously mystical. Having said that, though, what has become Jungianism, which even he pushed back against, you know, as an ism, as an ology, you know, there, there's nothing that is going to be better than you experiencing you, your flavor, your color of the divine self in your I am space. There's nothing that's going to be more precious or beautiful or profound than that. And I think all the masters, be they Eckhart Tolle, be it the Kabbalah, be it any of the mystical traditions of all the various faiths, Jung himself, I think they absolutely fall in in agreement. This ultimately becomes very experiential between you and your God, which is you. You are an aspect of that. So the paradoxical way of phrasing that, but I I know you know what I mean. Number 18, self-worth. Stop making any attempt at all to increase your self-worth. People will intuit that your value goes without saying. This is a definition of your heart and mind being congruent. I love that. If you're not justifying yourself, if you're making a mental, clear decision, like, I'm not doing that. I'm dropping that. I'm dropping that. Maybe I don't have proof yet. Okay, fine. But I'm making the decision that I'm not chasing after things. I'm not trying to increase my worth in any way. I know I have infinite worth, infinite worth, just as you do, just as everybody on the street. But we're all at different levels of understanding that that's the truth. So at the core, we're all connected and all the same, but we're at different moments and levels of awakening to that realization, obviously. But to pull off that leaning and neediness we got to drop that. And and I'm here to, to lean into that practice because who likes needy? <laughs> not me. And I've done my share of needy in the past for sure, but yeah, it's not attractive. So let's, let's drop that. Stop making any attempt at all to increase your worth. People will intuit that your value goes without saying. And so then they'll treat you that way. Like, oh my God. You know, like she's she's incredibly valuable and she knows it. We know when we meet people that hold that space about themselves. And so therefore it is universal law that their their external conditions must reflect that. Number 19, the master's credo. I'm going to read this straight from the text because it's so beautifully worded. Always be yourself. Don't try and change yourself under any circumstances. I'm going to repeat that. Don't try and change yourself under any circumstances. Live life according to your own credo. 
when you contradict your own credo, or worse, when you simply don't have one, you undermine yourself as an individual and everything in life goes awry. When the image is distorted, the reflection in the mirror is distorted too. It is important to bring your thoughts and actions down to the same denominator. Be true to yourself. Then the dual mirror will be free of any crooked distortion. You are the master of your own reality. You have no reason to feel shame or fear. Remember, you are not alone. The force is with you and your world takes care of you. That last line there I have used as a beautiful affirmation. My world takes care of me. I love that one. And I'm going to continue on from the text here. When you live true to your own credo, the heart and mind come into union. This means that you take the actions you consider necessary without bothering about social opinion. Never change yourself under any circumstances. If you do feel pushed into doing something which your soul actively protests against, everything will end up going to pot Conversely, when you live in accord with your own credo, even if some of your actions seem to contradict common sense, everything will turn out all right in the end. There is no need to analyze exactly how your credo is straightening out reality. It is simply that the lack of distortion in the image makes the reflection normal again. Unity of heart and mind produces a clear image which instantly materializes in the mirror world all your true desires will be fulfilled. It is a universal law. Wow. Number 20, your true path. Your true path must have heart. Okay, we're talking about the self with a capital S. We're talking about that internal guidance system, your authenticity. It has to chart the path. It's leading is where we have to go. Things will catch up with that. And so what do you do when you're experiencing fear, when your mind is going crazy and saying, okay, I can't just quit my job or whatever, whatever, whatever. The fear, as I'm coming to understand it twofold, we make this decision that we're going to quietly and confidently proceed. And then we also, you know, knowing that fear itself is a massive massive pendulum. We invite joy. We know the fear is there. We see it. We acknowledge it. We see it as a pendulum and we welcome joy, an experience of joy to co-travel with this. And we shift the focus back to the joy. That's your fear management system. It is intentional. It is deliberate and you can absolutely do it. But your path must have heart or it's pointless. You might as well just stay in certified life coach longer, which is fine. You know, which is fine. Again, I I know it seems like I kind of um, make fun of that phase and and I don't mean to. I just, I meet lots of folks that sort of wear it as a banner. And then that's, that's because I get it is really uncomfortable to start moving past that. We love all of our ologies, all of our books, all of our perspectives. And of course, 
I am sharing a perspective right now. I, I get the irony of that statement. But Vad- Vadim Zeeland himself says, you know, this is just in harmony with nature and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to improve yourself. So right there, right there, there's really not an ology. It's it's some mental shifts. And so it's not all about, you know, a bunch of love languages or all these things that we have to like learn and memorize. Those are beautiful. They have their place. But continue on. There is nothing as powerful, as beautiful, as loving as your I am space. 21, the master's verdict. Your entire life, people have been telling you how to be, how to behave, what to read and what to strive for. Now give yourself the lawful right to establish your own canons. It is for you to decide what is right for you and what isn't because you are the one shaping your personal world. You have the right to determine as true something that others consider false, as long as it does not harm anyone. When you assume the privilege of passing your own verdict, you are staying true to your own credo. The right to pass the master's verdict means freedom from oppressive circumstances, from everything that puts a cloud over your life and throws obstacles onto your true path, it will help you acquire a certain calm confidence. Have you heard that term today? Calm, quiet confidence. Number 22, declaring intention. Okay, this is echoing everything I've said thus far through his work about the mind discipline, about returning with practices that we've talked about. And at some point, you not only state the natural affirmation that we have talked about, but sometimes you need to insert a bold affirmation, a bold one. And let me give you some examples of what that might sound like. Because we have to challenge ourselves for something else to start to become natural. Okay, so so I love and I've noticed this. I work with an affirmation that feels natural for several days. And then I find that a bigger experience feels natural, more natural than it's like, okay, you know, let's say I have a certain vision of what a successful business feels like it and feels natural. Like, yeah, if if I'm ticking these boxes, that feels really natural, really good. And I have an affirmation around that. Maybe I'll, I'll hold that in my mind for a week. And then suddenly I'm like, I'm capable of more than that. And then suddenly sort of the, a larger experience of that feels natural. And I'm like, why couldn't I do that? So see, you're working with the elasticity of your own psychological makeup. And, it, and it's expanding into that I am authentic space. It's like, why, why not more? But it's a process and it's like rubber bands, if you will. And, and then we hold something larger for ourselves. So this is sort of the same idea. You have the natural affirmation, but sometimes you don't want it to feel unnatural, but there's some aspirational phrases sometimes that you're like, oh my God, I can't wait for that to feel natural. That's different than putting on an affect and just (laughs) slugging around with, you know, 
an affirmation that doesn't feel real to you. But sometimes there's an inspirational one that you're like, some part of that resonates with me, even if I'm still sort of becoming aware of it. There's just almost a mystical quality to it. So here's some examples of what that might sound like. This is from the text. Um, For example, like maybe you're talking about your brain. Both hemispheres work sharply, coherently, and synchronously. I have an incredible mind. Incredible ideas come to me. I think outside of the box. My brain's reserves are contributing to the work that I'm embracing. My brain is 90% active. I have a fine intellect, and it is becoming more powerful each day, etc., etc. Something like that that feels aspirational, but somehow you feel resonant with that. That is what this is about, going back to intending your life, making that decision. Number 23, resolve to act. When you're in the sweet spot, according to this principle, your goals and dreams, you will approach like going to the post office to pick up your mail. Again, this is a bold shift in perspective, but you're in touch with with the love that you are. You're working the principles. You're, You're savvy to pendulums. You're not feeding the conflicts that want your attention. And you are quietly, confidently moving a pace forward, 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 deeper, deeper, broader, more expansive, fuller, however you would like to say that. I don't want to put it in hierarchical terms because it's just an experiential interface with presence itself. But having said that, I love this idea of acting is not in the external world. It's not racing around like we did before, going out and trying to make things happen, but it's doing our practice and it's having this internal shift that everything is is chasing me and my goals are like going to the post office and picking up the mail. That is his analogy and that's a great one. We know when we go and open the box, there's going to be mail. And on the few occasions that there isn't, we know there will be soon. And we don't like freak out about that. I mean, I can't think of one time I've ever gone to the mailbox and thought, oh my God, is it going to be there? Is it going to? <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe you're wanting a particular letter or something, but you know, if it's not that day, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. So having that quiet resolve that this is how we're actually to act. If there is external action to take, I reemphasize it's going to feel light and joyful and fun and like, oh my God, yes, I should call this person. What a great idea. It's going to feel awesome. It's going to feel inspired. It's going to feel effortless. Then you know that is your heart saying, oh, here's an idea. Let's do this. You know your daimon, your instinctual guide is a few paces ahead pointing the way. Now that's an inspired way to live. 24, resolve to have. I'm going to read straight from the text again this quote. When there is not a single shadow of doubt, desire, or fear in your mind, just the quiet resolve to have, then the impossible becomes possible. You can pass an exam without knowing the subject. 
sail through the most grueling of interviews, secure a super lucrative contract, win a hopeless case, and charm people you you never dared dream would be in your league. Let go of the desire to achieve your goal. Be dispassionate like a samurai who lives as if his body were already dead. Be reconciled with the idea of defeat, but in your thoughts, imagine that the goal is already in the bag. I love that really interesting juxtaposition there. Cast hope aside. Hope is the lot and salvation of the weak. Have nothing but the willingness to receive it. That is what you want, right? So what's the problem? Yours it will be. There's a lot to unpack there. Cast hope aside. Hope is the lot and salvation of the weak. Again, returning to a discipline that at some point you're going to decide that you're you're gaining some momentum and you're going to move forward like somebody who's confident and you assume that affect so that you can see it. And I love that. That feels really sharp and powerful and resonant and attractive and magnetic to me. Have nothing but the willingness to receive it done. But you know what? That's kind of interesting too. Sometimes there's, that's when you become aware of blocks you have to receiving. You know, that sounds so simple. Like, of course I want to receive. When you really move into that space with a quiet confidence, then if there is anything in its way, it will make itself known to you, which is fantastic because that shadow is going to have to reveal itself because you have declared something larger than that, something more authentic than that. Yours it will be. I hope today has been nourishing to your spirit, has been encouraging to you. Keep on in this discipline. If this is speaking to you, enjoy the moon, enjoy the passing of January into February. And the two bits of homework that I want you to keep in mind until we meet again is this mind-heart harmony, like we've talked about today. Have that in your awareness. As much as possible, be open to them being in harmony with each other and return to this idea of intending and making a decision to proceed with quiet confidence. You don't have to go around zinging as though everything's great. You know, that's weird and not natural. (laughs) So that's not what I'm talking about. You don't have to be a zealot and all up on your trans surfing. Just relax and make a decision. Quiet, focused determination to proceed. Quiet confidence. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time, take good care.
Hi, everyone. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if my work is nourishing your heart and imagination, consider supporting the Apothecary Podcast. Just follow the links to make a contribution. And for the full scope of my projects and offerings, including my weekly newsletter, visit LoriGreen.net.